Caution. Rat poison. You know, all that stuff you write about how good we are and all that stuff they hear on ESPN, it's like poison. You know what I mean? It's like taking poison. Like rat poison. Readers beware and continue at your own risk. Please do. This Saturday, we're in for a treat as The Process hosts The Lane Train on the SEC on CBS. Cue that music. Ole Miss and Alabama are two of the hottest teams in the 2021 season. Both teams come in with prolific offenses. Their head coaches are also connected. Lane Kiffin helped lay the foundation for the juggernaut that is at the Alabama offense. In his weekly press conference, Nick Saban highlighted the impact Lane has had on Alabama and on his own coaching philosophy. What would you say is, is the biggest thing that, uh, that you learned from Lane? Well, you know, we kind of took on the, the task when he came here of, you know, changing the whole offense to be more spread, to be more RPO-oriented, to use, you know, motions and formations to create issues and problems for the defense. Uh, and, you know, he did a marvelous job of that when he was here. He's continued to build on it. Um, but I'd say I learned that from him. Nick Saban is 23-0 and against his former assistants. But Lane has an opportunity to do what some of his colleagues and his group techs couldn't, win. That is because of all the coaches in Saban's tree. Kiffin is the most like his old boss. Easy dog fans, let me explain. Nick Saban's success can be attributed to his willingness and ability to adapt. Yes, he has great facilities and recruits. But his genius lies in the reform school for wayward coaches. Saban brings in recently fired coaches for new ideas and concepts to help keep the tide on top. Much of this started with Kiffin. After being left on the tarmac at LAX by Pat Hayden, Kiffin was hired as an offensive consultant during the Tide's preparation for the 2014 Sugar Bowl. After the game, Alabama OC Doug Nesmeyer left <coughs> fired to become Michigan's new play caller, and Saban hired Lane as his new OC. Kiffin had one assignment during the 2014 season. Go out and learn all he could about the spread, RPO, and up-tempo concepts and bring them to Tuscaloosa. Chris Lowe and Alex Scarbo did do a great job of taking a deep dive into this learning process. Kiffin took all this information and transformed the Alabama offense. During his time as OC, the Tide went 40-4 and and won one national championship. Lane's blueprint has served as the base offense for each coordinator that has come after Kiffin. Lane then became the head coach of FAU and brought in Kendall Browse as OC. Lane further learned more about the RPO game that Kendall had used with his father at Baylor. After two years at FAU, Lane has brought his offensive magic to Oxford. Watching last year's Ole Miss Alabama thriller helped show what makes Lane Kiffin so special and just like his old boss, pressure. Saban has used pressure to help him during many games. This has come in the form of physical, athletic, and sometimes mental intimidation. Kiffin's offensive approach brings relentless pressure on opposing defenses. Rewatching last year's game, there is no way the Rebels should have been able to hang with the Tide in terms of talent. Yet for much of the game, the Rebels were within one score. The pressure and assertiveness of Lane's offense kept the Rebels in the game. The Rebels used tempo to play fast and keep a defense from having to check or substitute. They also make you defend the entire field. Lane also likes to use all four of his downs to get a first down 
and is not one to settle for a punt or a field goal. In last year's game, Kiffin was 4 for 4 against the Tide on fourth down. How are you feeling, Pete Golding? Saban has been a master at Alabama by dictating terms and forcing teams to play his game. He has done this to all of his assistants and has been successful. Right, Kirby? Kiffin, though, plays by his rules and his terms. This is what sets him apart from his colleagues. Stat of the week. Georgia 62, Vanderbilt nothing. Looking at all the stats, according to CFB stats, Georgia had a 99.9% post-game win expectancy. As Josh Pace pointed out, UGA had more guys run for touchdowns than Vanderbilt had first downs on Saturday. What a game by the dogs. The game was 35-0 before most people found their seats in the first quarter. I texted my brother about the score. He responded, you're playing a high school team. Well, that may not be quite accurate. Georgia is doing what elite teams do against lesser competition, removing any hope or chance of victory. It has been fun to see the UGA offense clicking the last two weeks. I'm more curious to see how they do in October. They can continue to move the ball at this clip against Arkansas, Auburn, Kentucky, and Florida. The 1980 looks as good as a memory. And again, we all know how that works. Week 5 picks. Order the pizza and popcorn now. You're not going to want to miss one second of the games this week. Last week snuck up on us and gave us some great, depending on your perspective, games. Sorry, Jimbo and Dabo. The power struggle in the SEC, Big 12, and Pac-12 will become clear after this weekend. First game up, Arkansas versus Georgia. Georgia giving 18.5. College game day and the red-hot Texas State champion Arkansas Razorbacks come to Athens for a noon kickoff between the hedges. Georgia is looking for an elite experience from its fans. Georgia's defense has impressed this year and suffocated opposing offenses. The Hogs have some health issues with quarterback K.J. Jefferson and wide receiver Traylon Burks both hurting. I think this game is close for a half, but the Dogs will be too much for the Hogs in the end. Texas giving five at TCU. Texas was all gas and no breaks last week, putting up 70 points on Texas Tech. TCU is coming off a loss in the iron skillet to SMU. TCU has given the Longhorns fits in this rivalry, winning seven of the last nine meetings. The Horn Frogs' defense is a case for concern. They surrendered 350 yards and 6.7 yards per carry last week against SMU. Look for Sarkeesian and Bijan Robinson to take advantage of this matchup early and often. Cincinnati giving two and a half against Notre Dame. The stars are aligning for the Bearcats. The ACC is taking the Pac-12's role of saying so long forever to the playoffs a month into the season. Oregon and Oklahoma look far from being locks to go undefeated. All that stands in the way is Brian Kelly, the all-time winningest coach in Notre Dame football history. Kelly has done a masterful job with the Irish and has them 4-0 this season despite their shortcomings. It's not midnight yet. Cinderella lives to dance another song. Ole Miss versus Alabama. Alabama giving... 14 and a half? Cover this one quite a bit above. I watched the condensed version of the 2020 game three times before writing the column. The difference last year was Ole Miss' defense. They could not stop, let alone slow down the tide. The Rebels' defense this year has gone from cover your eyes to, okay, that is enough for, to keep this one close, and even possibly Lane knocking off Old St. Nick and the tide. Here's your lock of the week. Louisiana Tech 
visiting NC State. NC State giving 19 and a half points. Sound the horn. Hangover alert. NC State knocked off Clemson last week in double overtime. I'm sure there were plenty of smiles on campus this week. Louisiana Tech has two losses this season. A close one to Mississippi State and a last-second Hail Mary to SMU. Skip Holtz continues to do a nice job at Tech, and I see him having the Bulldogs keeping it close and possibly upsetting the Wolfpack. Last week against the spread, 4-1. Overall for the season, 15-8. Grab your popcorn and enjoy the games.